Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. Da, da, da. Oh, and that makes me Mike. Hey, Mike. And hey, tonight we have a special guest, Leroy, returning for what, the third or fourth time, I think? Twelfth. I don't know. I lost track. I don't know. I lost track. Kind of like when you lose track of the number of times you lie about how often you've had sex. ladies and gentlemen (laughs) so uh leroy uh one of the reasons i know you were confused when you showed up today and there was no green room for you well that entire building actually i don't know if you notice we're in a new building now that entire building is now condemned thanks to the horrors that you subjected that room to when you were squatting there for what 12 months waiting for a bed to be made or some damn thing yeah you know they kept telling me you know here's the thing it was a couch it was a couch that's right yeah it was a couch and in the post-covid world you can't get anything when they say it's going to be here so I was hanging out waiting for a gas, never fucking showed up. Then the TV crapped out on me, didn't have a fucking TV anymore. So I got bored, and let's just say it's a good thing it burned down, because if you'd have gone in there with the black light, it would have looked like a Jackson Pollock painting. Oh, my. Including mm. the different colors and layers? <sighs> I'm legally obligated not to say. Jesus, you had sex I'm with aliens, didn't yes. you? Yeah, that's a yes, man. <laughs> Either you were subjected to some heavy radiation or, like, genetic testing, or you fucking aliens or something. I don't know. There was probing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So, I don't know if you guys saw... uh, I didn't watch the whole thing or even any of it. I actually just saw a screenshot. (laughs) But uh, Facebook is re-imaging or rebranding to Meta... I guess. Um, And Mark Zuckerberg did like a presentation. And the thing that everyone took away from it is that he had a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce sitting on the shelf, a bookshelf in a living room that he was broadcasting or streaming from. Mm -hmm. And it was so objectively bizarre. And everyone's like, what the fuck is that? He was using it as a bookend, for Christ's sake. Yeah, he was using it as a bookend. And about four years ago, three or four years ago, he he did this live stream from Facebook uh, where he was talking about grilling and smoking meats and using Sweet Baby Ray's. <laughs> and, and you got to look it up. Just look up Mark Zuckerberg's Sweet Baby Ray's. And there is like a five, a four, five minute video where he, oh, look up the one. It's like uh, Mark Zuckerberg smoking meats. That one's better because it's got both parts in it. But he's like, he talks about smoking meats a lot. And he says the word sweet baby rays probably about 50 times. And <laughs> he was he trying was, to get like a lifetime supply? I have no idea, but he claimed the reason why that barbecue sauce was on his shelf was as a um, an homage to that meme because he thinks that that video was of him was really funny, and it wasn't mean making fun of him. Or um, maybe it's because he's a fucking cyborg, and right, the exactly. whole script for everything was written out like randomly like the, like if you put feed a bunch of stuff into a computer and have it randomly generate a script 
you know? Right. So you're saying the prop design and, and layout of the uh, the props on, on the set were also AI yes. uh, decided? Mm-hmm. I like that theory. Definitely. My theory, my theory is that that's been sitting there for years because that was the same day that they had that little smoke out at his house and he had to replace his whole inner innards of course because he ate meat and he had to like you know like after that they invented the stomach bag for him so he could more convincingly eat without over working his innards but um he i think he was just like all right friends are gone revert to non-emotional programming and just be as as blank as possible and he's like where to put barbecue sauce non-suspicious place is bookshelf and he just sets it there (laughs) and beeps and boops his way back to his fucking charging station for the night (laughs) and and it's that whole wave of people right now seems strange. You got Zuckerberg doing the Sweet Baby Race thing, and now Facebook is meta. You got Bezos going up in his penis rocket ship. Yeah. You got Elon Musk doing his thing, and it's like, what is that tri- that rich people trifecta doing? Are they robots? Are we going to find out that there is something to the AI theory? We don't know. Well, no, this is a good topic for conversation, Leroy, because Mm -hmm. the more I look at those three people, I think they are literally fucking supervillains. I think that Jeff Bezos is the supervillain and Elon Musk and Zuckerberg are both cyborgs. I don't. That's what I think. No, I don't think that. I, I, here's my theory on Elon Musk. Elon Musk, have either of you ever seen The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonzi Across the Eighth Dimension? Oh, God, long time ago, but yes. So I see Elon Musk as this sort of intergalactic war hero type guy, like a like an Ace Rimmer kind of a character, you know, like this... Uh, just this this highly polished guy who's really weird, but he's just from another fucking planet. That's why he married Grimes, and had <laughs> and had a baby with her because he could, she was the only person on this planet he could actually relate to. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's expound on this supervillain theory for a moment because let's think about it for a second. You got you got Bezos there with his bald head, very Lex Luthor. Yeah, absolutely. True. True. And, you know, Elon Musk, the question becomes, if Bezos is Lex, you know one of those two other motherfuckers is Otis. Which one of them is hoping that they can open Otisburg when Bezos puts California in the ocean? Like, Hmm. one of them is the (laughs) bumbling sidekick. Well, I have to be quite honest. I'm not as familiar with the DC lines, particularly Superman. So I'm, I'm not sure who Otis is. Oh, great character, played by Ned Beatty. Um, he was Hackman's Lex Luthor's just, like, bumbling oaf. Henchman. Oh, 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 gotcha. Okay, I remember that character. Yeah, so which one of them is the bumbling oaf? And I think you gotta kind of go with the guy who had the barbecue incident. Like, it's <laughs> just, you gotta go with him. And then I think the android, there's definitely a certain data-esque thing or alien thing he's either spock or data with elon musk 
See, now I think Zuckerberg is more of the data to me. Zuckerberg feels like a a surrogate for, um, like a surrogate host being for some sort of, um, like, otherworldly presence. Like like uh, like an alien who is using like telepathic technology to to um, sort of transmit his 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 presence into the Mark Zuckerberg suit. You're gonna open Zuckerberg's <laughs> face one day, and it's gonna be the little alien from Men in Black. Yeah, something like that. Only he's not inside a suit; he's actually like remote from it, like. Like the movie Gamer, I think, was like that. I could see that. I could see Zuckerberg totally being like a humanoid mech. I can't wait for right. the day that he that his programming, uh, something in it goes awry and he forgets how to use contractions. <laughs> I cannot. And then, and then <laughs> I cannot do this. <laughs> but but let's, let's, let's talk about the one great thing that has come out of this. Captain Kirk actually got the touch space. Yeah. I mean, and, and fucking George Takai could not have a bigger fucking boner for that. God, he is so pissed off about that. He is so jealous. And he just had to. I realize they've had a feud for decades. But man, just let that shit go, George. I don't mean to correct you, but his last name is pronounced Takai, as in gay. Oh, okay. All right. Gosh, gosh, you know. Just wanted to tell you that. Just wanted to tell you that. You know he made that guy. Any little bitches fear. What? Do you know the root of his of his anger and his fear and his hatred for Shatner? Do you know the root of it? This is a true story. I think it has something to do with the thirty second on screen time that that Shatner decided to have, like the producers write out of the show because it didn't make sense. Yeah, or... he got he, he got thirty seconds of screen time cut because he got the editors to use a different camera angle, and he's been butthurt about that for fifty five plus. Years. Yeah, that's insane, dude. <laughs> it's so. What a fucking it, child. It's it, he. He looks at Takei, and I mean Takei looks at Shatner like that's the career that I somehow think I'm entitled to. I still love him. I oh, do I too. Love him too. I love yeah. when he's on Stern. Uh, but even Stern had the shits of it when the Shatner stuff came out. Even he was like, you know, we love George. But I, I think you're being a little salty here. Like, yeah, I just think it's a very bitch move to to make statements about body, like to body shame him and age shame him. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like it, to publicly do that, and actually, I don't know. But it, go ahead. He's 90 years old and he's an overweight man, and he went to space. That's not something you shame. Right. That's something that you should be promoting. Hey, this guy at his age. And his poor health, he was able to do that. Right. I would be more interested in, I mean, personally, because, you know, Takei told him or said that, that he was basically a guinea pig. And, and uh, I was talking to my boss about that. And he's like, no, 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 not at all. If they kept him up there, then he'd be a guinea pig. Because yeah. we have no idea what an elderly person experiencing long-term low, low G and no exercise would do to him. It'd probably <laughs> kill him. It probably eventually his heart would just fail. You well, know I mean, what I mean? If you're I can sure think of somebody they could test that out on. <laughs> I can think of a few people. 
yeah. if you look at Shatner and his weight and everything, if anything, he's the test person for the for what we become in Wally. We're all going to be traveling around on a giant interstellar cruise ship. But the best thing about it was the shot, and I saw it today, and I can't believe the, I can't believe we went like two or three weeks without this meme crossing my eyes. It was a great shot of Shatner with his hand on with his hands on Bezos' shoulder. And it's this this still image, and it was juxtaposed with an image from Star Trek: The Motion Picture, um, with um, Ilea, the the blonde girl that like Beecher, um possesses or whatever. Oh yeah, I and know all what you're I talking about. Was like, I, I was just like, all I could think of was at some I want tapes. At some point, did Bezos say to him, "Beecher needs the information." <laughs> Like, even if it happened in jest, I want the tape of that. It me. Weird, man. So, mm-hmm. on the topic of uh, body shaming, um, I have to admit that I wasn't always so nice. Um, actually, both of you should probably know that pretty well. And, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was kind of a dick. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I've sort of grown out of many things. In the last seven years, I've definitely grown a lot. Uh, cause that's when yeah, I wrote, <laughs> well, outwardly and inwardly, uh, but, um, <laughs> Uh, Zing. After you hear what I have to read, you'll probably say, hey, I deserve that crack anyway. But I wanted to read something that I found shuffling around in my old documents, uh, if you guys will indulge me. So this was my attempt at sort of like my first ever attempt at a, sco- a sketch comedy. Uh, no, I'm sorry, a stand up comedy routine. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and do this. This is called The Golden Corral. My parents are really fond of Golden Corral. Anytime they come to visit me, they insist on treating me and my wife uh, to the Golden Corral. And I think this probably has more to do with the fact that my sister, her husband, and their three kids are with us, too. It's hard to hit that lowest common denominator that will please everybody without making a few sacrifices, like bearing witness to shockingly poor hygiene and having to settle for restroom conditions that would embarrass a porta potty at a three-day music festival. <laughs> that said, I do like my food, like the food, at least emotionally, and intellectually, I know I'm making a mistake. And an hour later, my body will resound with that. If you've ever been to a Golden Corral, there's a good chance you already have an idea what I'm talking about. If not, the best way to think of it is to imagine the McDonald's of family-style buffet restaurants, because that's the Golden Corral in a nutshell. Do I need to repeat that? I think I do. They are the McDonald's of family-style buffet restaurants. I'm pretty sure you can work out the pros and cons of that statement on your own, but take the, ho- the take-home message here is simply that there's no way around it. This food is not healthy. Like, at all. And because it's a buffet, you're likely to eat five times as much as you would at McDonald's. But who am I to turn down food, let alone free food? And this place has it all. A made-to-order steak bar, a wing bar, a Tex-Mex station, fried fish, baked fish, popcorn shrimp, fried chicken, baked chicken, roast chicken, bourbon chicken, pizza, mac and cheese, deep-fried mac and cheese, baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, 
and a dessert table that has three types of brownies, ten types of cookies, assorted cakes and pies, cotton candy, a chocolate fountain, and something called peanut butter shots, which are literally little plastic shot glasses full of peanut butter fluff and warm fudge. I had to get three of them. It's comfort food stacked upon comfort food stacked upon comfort food. But is it any good? Well, to go back to my McDonald's comparison, it's no quarter pounder with cheese. But it's not really about how good the food is. It's about piling as many calories as you can onto your plate, like to the point where you would make Michael Phelps feel queasy, eating it like a professional speed eater and then going back at least two more times. Very early on, before you even eat your meal, you'll also encounter disgust. The average person likes to hit the restroom and wash their hands before a meal. Chances are you're one of them. So once you've gone through the line and paid for your meal, before you've even had a chance to scope out the spread, you're going to enter a room that looks like something out of a 1920s mental asylum. Every surface <laughs> is wet and thin pulpy paper towels line the walls and countertops and collecting corners that will make you think of nests. Somehow the fluorescent tubes just above the wall where they mount the baby changing stations are always either flickering or out, making it look like a commercial for antidepressants. I don't know why it's always the same over the same it's always over the baby changing station. I don't know why, but I think it's important to mention all the same. On your way out the door, you may notice something of a padded metal bar with a flat hook in it. This is called a hygiene bar, and you're supposed to hook your arm into it to pull the door open without touching the door with your hands. It's actually a pretty good idea, except it's every bit as soiled as every other conceivable surface within 50 feet. My advice, <laughs> don't, I, don't wipe your eyes with your sleeve unless you want pink eye. With this fresh in your mind, you emerge to find yourself in this middle of the slowest, saddest riot you will ever attend. Hordes of hungry, angry, tired people are shuffling, jostling, and shoving, trying to get to the food. There is no accepted queue. People just walk up to whatever they want and start shoveling it onto their plates. It is essentially impossible to avoid literally rubbing elbows with the kinds of people who would get kicked out of a Walmart for being too gross. There has never been, and this is the part that I'm not proud of. There's never been more body fat packed under one roof. The last time I was there, I think the sheer concentration of composed adipose tissues actually slowed down my 3G connection somehow, as if fat were capable of absorbing telecommunication signals. Always, there's always an abnormally large number of people who are too obese to move around without the aid of some kind of walker. You might be fooled into thinking that would slow them down, but you'd better think again. With this kind of food on the line, these human gastropods temporarily gain the speed of an angry rhinoceros, and they will check your face right into the sneeze guard like you're at the Stanley Cup playoff game. The skinnier people are even angrier and meaner. Some of, meaner. Some of them are nearly <laughs> dead from malnutrition. They've been there for days just trying to get a piece of fried chicken, but every time the servers refill the tray, a fat swarm of fatties has mowed through it like piranhas skeletonizing a cow. I mean, sure, they ha you could go grab a slice of pizza, but no one ever gets the pizza because it's buffet pizza. Come on. Have some self-respect. The only way to get food is to storm through the throngs of people and take no prisoners. Yes, this is incredibly rude, but rudeness seems to be built into the experience on all levels. If people's physical appearances were affected by the internal emotional states and their social behaviors, half of these people would resemble Butterball from the Hellraiser movies, and the other half would be skeletons with green fire shooting out of their eyes, noses, and mouths. The inevitable endgame to any trip to Golden Corral is that you will eventually reach a point where you are physically incapable of enjoying food anymore. Your sense of taste is gone, your eyes are glazed, you're sweating and wheezing, but there's still food on your plate, and you're committed now. After all, you've got to get your money's worth. 
And you, as you finish your plate, you suddenly remember they have a fucking chocolate fountain. And that's when the regret sets in because you're knowing, you know, you're going to the chocolate fountain. You have to. And that's it. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. There's lots I, of great observations there. Um, <laughs> yes, body shaving, but observations nonetheless. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I've always been fond of the ter- of the phrase. Uh, just because it's true doesn't make it uh, an insult. <laughs> yeah, you I know. mean, I've never personally been to Golden Corral. The mere concept of that place terrifies me more than going to Denny's does. Well, at um, this point, at in, in the yeah. in the post-COVID world, I wouldn't fucking go to one. <laughs> no. no, no, I'm avoiding buffets at all costs. Yeah. I don't like going through the drive-thru if there's too many people in line. Like, I saw that Giant had their salad bar uncovered when I was there the other day to get some uh, lunch meat, and I was like, "Oh God, there's egg salad sitting out." Yeah, <laughs> I was like. Whoa. Everybody and their brother walking through there, and you've still you've got food sitting out. I'm like, uh, I'm unreasonably scared of uh, of salad bars now. That's yeah. a different world, man. It, it, it's a different world, and I've got an angry bird in the background because you know I heard that zoo in this house. Um, but it is a different world now. Like I remember when I went to Giant, like the the dumbest thing they could ever do was like, ah. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask because everybody is just like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm just not going to wear a mask now. Um, yeah. yeah. And then they reopened the hot bar and salad bar. And I was like, not sure if want. And I wasn't ever sure I wanted it before COVID. Yeah. yeah. I got to be honest, man. I was a hog for the salad bar back in the day. I would I would fuck up some salad bar uh, at restaurants or even at Giant and stuff or at Weiss go in there and scoop myself a big old salad for lunch and have egg salad and peas and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, not anymore. No. We talk about we've we've been talking about the post COVID world, the salad bar, and buffets and so forth. We are now in what I have labeled Earth Two. See, that sounds like more comics talk to me. Earth 2, Earth 3, Earth 9. Well, on Earth 2, (laughs) which is where I firmly believe we live now, there are no rules. Things don't make sense anymore. Conceptually, things that we've known for decades, generations, don't make sense anymore. Case in point, the used car market. In no world should a used car be increasing in value? And we agree. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing yeah. we're told when we buy a car? It depreciates as soon as you drive it off the lot. You're in the you're in the hole five grand as soon as you drive it off the lot. Right. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. Used car prices are going up. Why? Because they don't have any computer chips to make new cars. So everyone that's in like a 2007 is like, oh, I'll buy a 2018. So now cars are, used cars are super expensive. I caught on to this trend. I took advantage of this trend. And I, cause I thought I understood the rules, but they changed again. So my fiance had a Kia Soul, traded it in because she was upside down got a lease on a Honda CRV. Her car was worth more than it should have been, and it worked out. 
So I'm like, let me look at my car. Let me see if I can take at least a little advantage of these rolls. So if I'm still a little bit upside down, maybe I can roll into a new car. Keep in mind, I bought my car a year ago. Hmm. 21000 on Kelly Blue Book. I owe 23 Oh. Faulkner Hyundai wants to give me 22.5. I still owe 23.2. So it's still upside down. Yeah. And we also agree the car salesmen are supposed to be ruthless. They're not supposed to do anything to try and help you. They're supposed to try and get you to spend as much money as you're willing to. And then even once you agree on a price, then they try and shove more money down your throat with like 900 different warranties they want to sell you. Can we agree car salesmen are like one step above like debt collectors? Can I was going to say advertising people, but mm-hmm. sure, debt collectors yeah. are good. a good, good take as well. Those are the rules on Earth 1. The rules on Earth 2 are the guy at the car dealership says, hey, why don't you take your car to CarMax? So now he's not even trying to get my car. (laughs) (laughs) They'll give you more than you owe, probably. And I'm like, this guy just probably knows my credit sucks and just wants me out the door. There's no way in hell I'm going to get more than I owe. That's fucking insanity. So I go to Carmax. <laughs> 24-8. There you go. I wow. owe 23-2. What? <laughs> How does this work? So Is- I take this card that I've owned a year. <laughs> And I profit sixteen hundred bucks on the goddamn thing. So, sorry. Like I don't get it. I don't understand. We don't know the rules anymore. Buffets were scary before. Now they're super scary. Cars didn't used to be worth money after you drove it off the lot. Now you can turn a profit on them. What the fuck? Yeah, the world's sort of going sideways in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and I don't want to be one of those doomsayers. It's like, oh, well, it's all going to collapse. Because every generation has thought that the world was going to collapse. There's more objective reason to believe that now than ever before, perhaps. But, again, I, I, I think it might be overreacting to say that we're at our end times or something like that. But we're certainly in weird times. Transitional times, I would say. True. We're in a time of great chaos because... The war, the rules just changed on us for real. We yeah. have been, we have been, f- and, and in more ways than one, we have been faced with a life-threatening global pandemic, and the result, the the um, the response, not just in this country but all over the world, has been pushback. Hey, wait, I know more than you. I know more than you, Mr. Um, uh, Respected and published and peer-reviewed virologist virologist or immunologist. (laughs) No, no, no. You have to listen to such and such on YouTube. They've really got the inside scoop. They worked for NASA. And uh, they know that this and this and this. And this was a, you know, and they're making all it up. And they're like saying that. That, you know, they try to drag their politics into it and say something like, oh, well, the pandemic was cooked up by the Chinese to uh, get Donald out of office. Uh, 
Oh, the Which, plandemic. It was a plan. Yeah, the plandemic. Yeah. Ooh, good one. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. Um, you know, like, there's so many, and it, like, the whole world's like, oh, yeah, we'll all agree to fake it so that Donald Trump can get kicked out of office. That's like, the part that none of them, that no one can explain that to me. I've taken on Trump supporters in my life. No one can explain. We can't get the world to agree that it's round. Yet yeah. somehow, 180 plus countries all came together <laughs> yep. to get rid of one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have just been normally dick- voted out through a democratic process. Like, it, it just, it, you know what happened? Think of the movies. All right. What happens in disaster movies? There's always the guy that that no one listens to. Right. And instead, they listen to the idiot. The yeah. idiot. And these movies always point out that these guys are one of my one of the best scenes in in a movie like this is Armageddon. They're sitting there in the room and they're talking about well, the president's advisors say it's going to just pass us by. And the guy who is on the Billy Bob Thornton team is like, I really, I know the president's advisors. I don't think you want to take advice from a guy who got to see in astrophysics. Right. Oh, and, snap. And for some reason, our government ignored the guy that they should have been listening to and kept listening to the people that got the C average. See, this is, this is my proof for, this is part of my proof for, the simulation theory, man, it doesn't make sense. It, we're, it, we, there's a narrative taking place. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And it's it's bigger than just uh, one person's imagination. It's a narrative that everyone can see. Everyone sees it from one angle or the other. But that narrative is there. That something is happening that's above normal humanity's consciousness and uh, personally, like I said before, I think that there was th- there's been a global shift for some time. And when you've got people like Ted Cruz and Matt Gates and and Trump and all these people who are just clowns. All right. Just fucking literal clowns. And 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 they're coming up and saying the most heinous shit and not being fucking nothing's happening to them or, or this, doing the most heinous shit yeah 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 so this is it this is the this is the end of an era they are this is their last swim in the mud and they know it these pigs yeah. are about to go down and they'll go down because of their own stupidity not because someone you know puts a fucking revolutionary gun to their head people just won't vote these assholes into office anymore their numbers will dwindle as the people who support those people die of fucking covid because they won't get a goddamn vaccine because they're all the same the, fucking people you can tell that's where we're headed you can yeah. tell just look at everything that's going on i mean why are they so hell-bent and we don't want to get and what we want Look at everything that's going on with the voting regulations and the restricting this and the changing the hours here. And now mail-in ballots have to be in and postmarked by Election Day. No time for them to get there. And if you can't get it in the mail, then you got to drive it down, except you got to drive it to a ballot box that's four counties away because that's the only – that's the closest ballot box. Right. They are so scared uh-huh. 
of losing oh, yeah. power, that they're doing anything to get it. It came out earlier this week or late last week in an article in Rolling Fucking Stone of all magazines that insiders, that these people that are being disposed by the investigation into January 6th have records of conversations with actual Congress people, not like the lackeys in the office, but the actual representatives and senators about what they can and can't do and how to do things and where they can go, aiding what happened on January 6th. <laughs> like the calls coming from inside the house. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that none of it will get released, though truly released, until after it's too late, and then and then and then nothing will happen. Like like we've already seen, it's come to the point now where our government does not work for the people; we work for the government, essentially. You know where, and and I I don't mean people in government jobs. (laughs) No, no, we're part of we're part of the cogs. Believe me. But it plays into the Earth Two scenario because what else has changed? You have like corporations have decided to just raise the wages since the government isn't actually going to legally raise the minimum wage. You got a fifteen-year-old stepdaughter that makes twelve dollars an hour at fucking Burger King. Like what? A fifteen-year-old does not need twelve dollars an hour. But she has it. Um, so all these corporations, I knew it. And now you go to these places like Burger King, McDonald's, whatever, and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And what do you hear? It's the best gaslighting ever. What did we hear for, for years? Oh, if they want more money, get a better job. If they want more money, get a better job. If they want more money, get a better job. Mm-hmm. So guess what? These people went and got better jobs. And now, oh, there's nobody. The people are too lazy. You know, unemployment skyrocketing and there's all these jobs at fast food restaurants and they're just too lazy to take it because they're sucking on the government tip. No, 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 no. Um, unemployment's going down. People are just going to other jobs. And you people, the anti-vaxxers, the anti-maskers, are quitting their six-figure year jobs because they don't want to have to get the vaccine. Right. They don't want mm-hmm. to have to wear a mask. So if they're upset that they have to wait an extra six minutes for the fucking chicken nuggies, then they can <laughs> go to that job. Oh, but wait, you even still have to wear a mask there. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so now you're, you're saying the, the reason that people weren't working at these places is because of political reasons, not because of a lack of interest in working. Yeah, that's my, my thinking is you see articles all the time about these people are quitting. These people are quitting and they're quitting on their principles. We have an issue here in East Pennsboro Township with the school buses. They had to redo the school buses because bus drivers quit because they didn't want to get a vaccine or wear a mask on the bus. Man, like, that is absurd. That's absurd. It's yeah. it's you're talking it's, about the safety of other people's children. And they're collecting unemployment. Yeah. Now they're I, willfully leaving their jobs. And they're getting unemployment. Now I realize that this is probably goes without saying, but this feels like the beginning of a zombie movie to me still. It's just a zombie movie that's taking a lot longer for the outbreak to kick off. For real, for real. 
than than it does in the movies like instead of being overnight it's going to take about two years to hit a boiling point and suddenly covid's gonna fucking uh, uh, uh mutate and turn us into zombies right so um in the meantime you know we're just watching the stupidity mount and we're like wow man you know all those horror movies you watch where you're like why would you go in that room or whatever (laughs) people are doing it every fucking day and not only are they doing it they're smugly telling you how stupid and uneducated you are for not quote unquote doing the research yourself yeah Yeah, bullshit the research let me go on go on facebook and see what my 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 uncle seven times removed or or forward what does Reddit have to say about this? That's what I got to know. Let me go to right. 4chan. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump launches his own social media platform. It was hacked before it even went live. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, who's who's heard from uh, fucking, uh, what's his name, My Pillow Guy recently? Uh, thankfully, <laughs> nobody really. I missed him. He was funny. He was funny, but he was also enraged me in the same way that they all do. But, but I mean, it was funny to sort of watch his shit flop, and then he's like, I'll be back! You know, like, and he will be back. <laughs> you know he'll be back. Mike Lindell. Yeah. Well, it's always somebody back. else's fault. Because he's going to run for president at some point. I guarantee or he's going to announce. That's my prediction. I think he's going to announce candidacy for 2024. He'll be he'll be Trump's VP. Either VP could, yeah, could be. or run against him until Trump steps in. And when Trump steps in, he'll 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 like say, I respectfully renounce my position. And then he'll get a cushy cabinet job uh, if 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 president. If Bush, ah, glad I laugh. If Trump takes office again, it'll become the national pillow. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. All be, we'll all be forced to buy it. We'll all be forced to buy that shitty ass pillow, and it really is a shitty pillow. Let's talk about that for a moment. It's not a great product. Well, like, politics aside, <laughs> no, yeah, I find a, that so just, hard to believe. I just don't think. I think he's shady. I, I, I personally think he's back on drugs and has been for some time. Um, I'm just, it's blessedly quiet without him around. It's kind of like when, when Donald left, uh, uh, Twitter, you know, it's like, okay, who, who's, who's the kook now? Like who I, who do I have to look out for? Like something Mike and I like to do on this show. Sometimes Leroy is, we like to do games like, uh, last week we did a thing where we read celebrity tweets to each other and or quotes, the yeah. other quotes yeah and the other person had to guess who said them within three hints and the person who got you know the least hints and the most correct points you know won um and i don't know it, it it just feels like in my daily adventures on twitter i i'm so over a overwhelmed by the amount of crazy bullshit that people say that I can't even pick out good ones anymore. I have no ability <laughs> to distinguish between the eh, that's okay, and the wow, that's fucking crazy, because it's all, the levels have changed. It's, yeah. it's, it's weighted now. There's really more like a, a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 that you have to kind of like account for now, because of how fucking <laughs> crazy shit has gotten. Well, then what used to be clearly visible as sarcasm. Now, you got to sit there going, 
It's a 50 50 shot that some bitch actually believes that. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Like, like Jaden Smith or somebody, you know, like, <laughs> or Jim Carrey. You want to talk about wacky, man? Oh, my God. See if you can get a hold of the, uh, the, um, and I know I've been bringing this guy up a lot lately, but uh, Norm Macdonald had a, uh, a, a, um, a podcast called Norm Macdonald Live about 10 years ago, give or take. And um, it had uh, one episode had Jim Carrey on it. And Jim Carrey is legitimately fucking insane. Like at one point he was claiming to not have an ego. I'm like, wow. dude, dude. He's like, no, I'm free of ego. You see, you have to. It, it all means nothing, man. It's all like a joke. Don't you see? Like nothing. That none of this matters. Like, really easy for you to say, motherfucker. Well, and and it, it, this, you bring up an interesting subject in this, Jim Carrey. He's and 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 go back and look at the tapes. Ever since he played Andy Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> He's legitimately been different. Yeah. Like, you can look at the tapes. Like, look at Pre-Man on the Moon and look at Postman on the Moon. Better yet, look at Post Eternal, uh, in, in Eternal Spotlight of the Sun, in Eternal Sunshine of the... The Spotless was, Mind. Yeah, spotless I know what you mind. mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kept wanting to say Spotless Sunshine Mind. I'm like, no. That's, no, it is Eternal <laughs> Sunshine of... No, it's... my brain where dyslexia fun can be. Um, like... <laughs> He changed, hmm. and I, I and you gotta wonder, and like it, 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 there's been people who've been talking for years. Did he somehow actually channel Andy Kaufman? Hmm. Or it, did it is, or did he it, just take enough mind altering drugs at the time? to not be able to fully disintegrate. Well, you know, it is interesting though, because whether or not he actually channeled him in, in, pra- in reality, for in terms of practicality, he did. He's like, yeah. you know, he's like uh, Danny Day-Lewis or somebody, you know, where it's like uh, becomes like the character to the point where other people are uncomfortable around him. <laughs> well, you know? he was reportedly super method on the set. Like, mm-hmm. Like he was Andy as far as people are concerned, so there, there's that possible explanation, or, or he was married to Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, and he might somehow feel responsible for the fact that her anti-fact shit got as hyped as it did because we mm. forgot about Jenny McCarthy. We forgot about her. MTV canceled, singled out, and that was it. Yeah. I unfortunately have never forgotten about her because she's still on that uh, uh, one of those fucking uh, shows, The Masked Singer or whatever, and I constantly see the commercials with her in them. Oh and then the I'm like, oh, I remember how many times I whacked off to her when I was a kid. So <laughs> I don't ever forget her. Wow. <laughs> hey, thankfully, hey, hold on, hold on. Thankfully, we still have Christina Applegate, am I right? I, we, I think we, so. We do yeah. have Christina Applegate and... Uh, who did I see? Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano is yeah, another Alyssa strong Milano ally. For certain. Yeah, yeah. strong ally and ooh, beautiful. We're, we're so far off the reservation now, but let's go. With she them. liked one of my tweets one time. Alyssa Milano, really? Uh huh. Yep, for certain. Yes, she did. 
Wow, man. Um, that's like, yeah. in terms of like twi- Twitter, that's like getting a hand job. Kind of. I mean, I was excited about it. Between her and the guy who played Scott Farkas in A Christmas Story, those are my two favorite people that ever liked my tweets. <laughs> yep. Although yeah, he didn't he give me had, a hand job. I mean, you know. We, we did have a good, we had a good roster, though, when we were coming up. Like, we did. Let's, I mean, let's talk about this for a second. Terry Hatcher. Alyssa, Alyssa oh, Terry, oh, God, Terry Hatcher. Um, uh, Alyssa, Alyssa Milano. Milano. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and you, Christian Applegate, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But um, that, who did I just see? I just saw... Leanne Quigley, who was in a bunch of uh, B-list horror movies in the 80s and 90s and got naked. Yes. Oh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Oh, go ahead. I was slipping through the, the, the TV, at least that's the story I'm going with, and I ended up on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> and it was one of their nine Christmas movies this year. Mm. Danica McKellar, Winnie yep. Cooper... Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and, and Je- Jenny Garth not, is on there too. Showing she has not aged a day. It's true. Like, like, like you look at them, like you, you look at her, and she is still Winnie Cooper. Like she didn't get haggard. She didn't get bad plastic surgery. She's she's still Winnie Cooper. Candace Cameron is pretty good looking too. Yet, yeah. Candace Cameron. Although her her, her brother's a whack job, but you know. She kind, she kind of is too, actually. They're all, all bad. Right. Kirk it's Cameron right. just happens to be the most outspoken of the bunch. But I didn't say I wacky. wanted to have a conversation with her. Yeah, Candace Cameron just wants you to buy her line of wines. <laughs> That's all she wants. Um, um, the, the, I, I was going to say since you guys brought up uh, uh, Candace or uh, uh, yeah, Candace Cameron. Um, I don't know her name, but the the girl who played uh, Kimmy Gibbler, Andrea I al- always had a thing for her. No, no, oh, no. You the, know who else? The one you know, who played Stephanie Tanner uh, is oh, yeah. unbelievably hot. The as an adult, absolutely. Yes, yes as uh, an adult, obviously, I did not mean. <laughs> I did not mean the prepubescent one on TV. I guess I, uh, I guess I didn't need to clarify that. As an adult. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be clear. Now we're Woo. thinking of a lot. Of, we're thinking of a lot of TV actresses. But what about like, okay, I oh, let's shift this a little bit, and we can make this more modern too if we want. What is like your celebrity crush that's sort of not conventionally beautiful, or 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 whatever? Uh, I'll start with Feruza Balk. Yeah, uh, I can I can dig that one. She played crazy a little too well in the craft, which based That's on my history, like. which, which based on my dating history is on brand for me, actually. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, um, crazy's fun, man. Especially damn, since I, I don't have, especially since I don't have to like follow through on it, you know, married and all that shit. Uh, since this is merely in the realm of crazy, I'm just thinking she's got to be fun all the time. I mean, if, if we're exhaustingly going off, so, <laughs> if we're going off the beaten path, if we're going non-traditional, it's gonna take me a second. It's gonna take me a minute. Uh, I, I I got one right now that it's uh, talking non-traditional. I know she's a lesbian, but Sarah Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert. Played, I need to played, look her played up. Played Darlene Connor on uh, Roseanne. Okay. 
okay. that long, flowing, dark, curly hair, and and I just the shitty attitude towards everything. Super yeah. hot. Yeah. Remember, it's not whether or not she's a lesbian; it's whether or not you have a crush on her, and you're oh, allowed yeah. to have no, a I'm crush just, on her. I just said non-conventional because yeah. I mean I know that there would never possibly be a chance. Claire Duvall. Do so, yeah. you guys know Claire Duvall? She was in a, a show called Carnival on okay. HBO. She played the fortune teller, sort of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she has this sort of rough, tough kind of like tomboy look to her, but I think she's gorgeous. I could, I could see that. And then um, Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. She was Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies. Attractive, but that quirky attractive. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, like, you know, she wasn't blowing up anybody's top ten lists, but, you know, you know, okay. You know, I, I literally crackers in the bed, you know? Yeah, she's pretty. She's not like she's not like knockdown gorgeous like the girl you're she's not the girl that you're intended to fall in love with by the end of the movie. Oh. And 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 I'll go over one step further. Let's take it way back. Let's take it back to let's let's go way back. Way back. Head of the class. Oh Jesus. The redhead, Simone. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh now I'm Roger pretty Givens. Not Mar- not not the 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 Jersey chick Maria I think was her character's name, but the quirky redhead. Redhead's Quiet, fine in my book. Meek, you know, but uh, yeah, because we we always talk about as men, we always talk about oh yeah, she's all fucking babe. We all have the ones that are like, eh, the babe is nice, but you're not taking the babe home to the parents. <laughs> You're taking Molly Bialik <laughs> and Peak Blossom home to the parents. You know? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Like, you're not taking six from them. <laughs> you're taking, you know. Of course, we all know they were actually over 18 during the last few years of that show, so we're obviously talking about those ages. Listen, listen, no, no. You know what? Here's the thing. We were that age when they were that age. So it's okay for us to remember them with some degree of attraction because that was okay at the time. However, if you go back and watch it now and go, then there might be an issue you need to go see a therapist about because now you're you're crossing the stream, so to speak. (laughs) Now you're just re-epstein. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um, but it's it's it. Okay. Uh, we'll, 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 Jeffrey Epstein more. didn't kill himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm throw one more out at you. Smallville. Not oh. Kristen Crook who played Lana. Oh, because she was objectively beautiful. Allison Mack, Chloe, who then goes crazy and joins the sex cult. And tried to recruit Kristen Crook and <laughs> and Emma Watson from Harry Potter. I think Emma Watson is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But um, see, to me, she's that quirky hot. Really? I yeah. think she's. I think first of all, I think she's very elegant. Uh, I think she's a very 
pronounced humanist. Um, and, and, uh, you know, politically she's right on line with how I believe things and she's a strong feminist. She's, you know, she's all the right things, you know what I mean? And she happens to be physically beautiful by my perspective. So there's a lot of things to like about her. Uh, I think least of all is the time she spent in this stupid series of kids movies, which I happen to like. But they haven't aged so well with the advent of learning that J.K. Rowling is a transphobic bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's where you got to try and not fall into the cancel culture trap. I'm not falling into cancel culture. I'm simply framing it as that it hasn't aged well. The books have not been read by me since that incident. I have not, and I used to reread them yearly. It's not that I'm canceling her in in any specific or intentional manner. It's that I've lost my taste for her. She disappointed me. And I can I can understand that, but here's how I view things. I can be a fan for everything you did up to the point where I found out you sucked. Yeah, and then everything after that is where you lose me. Josh Whedon loved Buffy, loved yeah. Angel, loved um, Serenity and Firefly. Yeah. Loved everything that he did with Marvel. And then you find what? out that he was a dirtbag. Yeah, a cunt. And I'm not gonna, you know, I don't care what the next thing. I used to be like, oh, Josh Whedon, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, eh. It's a because tough I- question, though. I mean, it is a tough question to say, like, all right, so you say there's a line in the sand. Anything else he puts out, if you support it from that point forward, because you didn't have the foreknowledge. Mm-hmm. But yeah. does that mean that you can go back and watch Firefly again with enjoyment? Yes, because I can appreciate the creative efforts, skills, no, and art that came from the rest of the cast, the writers, the other directors, the producers. That's what you got to look at. He was he was one cog in the overall machine of the show or the movie or what have you. So I look at it as I'm not so much supporting Josh Whedon. I look at the old Lethal Weapon movie. I see that. what you're saying. So and I'm not so much supporting Mel Gibson by continuing to enjoy Lethal Weapon. I'm enjoying the product that the mass conglomerate of people involved. I can get behind that. I can get behind that as long as it isn't like, let's say that that um, Adam Sandler turned out to be against black people, which is of well, course he is ridiculous. racist to Indians. Is he? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's a perfect example. Let's 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 uh, let's say that 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 it turns out that that racist towards Indians in his movies transcends that and he's really truly like racist person yes okay. i mean american indians too let me let me specify i don't mean uh well then, India, call, Indians. Them, yes. then call them native americans native dude. americans yes i'm sorry <laughs> indigenous persons thank yeah, you yeah you know them indians, yeah, indians. Fuck, fuck you aboriginal peoples i think is one of the more preferred terms yeah if we were talking about australians fucking aboriginal aboriginal hey. Aboriginal just means of the original tribe. Watch you're, you thinking of, you're thinking of Aborigines, dude. Uh, yeah. It's different word, Australia. different meaning. 
Australia started as a prison colony. Let's watch what we say about Australia. Can we not? Oh, no, I'll take a fucking knife. I don't give a shit. I'll fuck them up. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't worried about that. I'll I'll fuck them up. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, so, like, that's how I used to the Adam Sandler, if this all comes out, like you were saying. Would you be able? See, I I don't know. I dance on the line between what you're saying and what Mike's saying, and it depends on a lot of contextual factors for me. Like Mike takes a really hard line, and I'm I respect that because I know that it's a considered hard line. It's not just he's just tossing to the wind. He takes his time and actually thinks this shit out and goes, "Okay, I've come to this conclusion. I'm not." morally comfortable with supporting this artist or whoever anymore because Mm -hmm. and for you that shuts it down in both directions any interest or enjoyment you had in products they made in the past has been it's like someone took all the fucking bubbles out of your soda you know what I mean (laughs) like they just defizzled it you know what I mean like whereas I, I know Leroy you're saying it is like their part and their skill set, despite the horribleness of themselves, added something to the medium overall. And they are bigger. Their contribution plus the contributions of others made something bigger than the whole of them. Right. Like, yes, Buffy is Joss Whedon's brainchild. Right. But a lot of great producers and directors, Drew Goddard, Marty Knoxon, um, um, Tim, I don't name escapes, Tim Minier who has gone on to do great work with uh, Ryan Murphy on the American Horror Story series and things like that. He helped those artists come up. He right. helped actors like Nathan Fillion and Sir Michelle Geller and David Boreanaz come up. So, yes, he's a shitbag. And he made all these pro-feminism allegories with his uh, with Buffy and and Firefly and the female characters on on Dad and on Angel, while right. behind the scenes he was abusive towards the female actors. Right. You know, and and so yeah, you look at that, and yes, he's a shitbag. But we also wouldn't have a lot of great stuff that those people have then gone on to do because he gave them the leg up. So right. I'm just saying, yeah, you can cancel that motherfucker, fine. But anything that he had a hand in wasn't just him and to wrap up my portion of 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 this because you know i can go on forever i saw a video (laughs) on youtube of robert downey jr talking about mel gibson and how mel gibson like he came to him in his time of need and he helped him get into rehab and helped him get clean and he said that you know they'll welcome you back after you've hugged the cactus long enough and hmm. surely, but surely, you know, Robert Downey Jr. hugged the cactus and he did his time in big guest roles, shitty straight to DVD movies. Then he gets Ally McBeal and then he gets Iron Man and Mel Gibson actually put up the money to insure him for Iron Man. Because Paramount didn't want to. Hmm. So then he's talking about Mel Gibson and he's talking about 
you know, he always said that I'm doing all this for you because one day you're going to pay it forward and it's time for me to pay it forward. He's hugged the cactus long enough in reference to Mel Gibson. And you kind of, I, I kind of have to agree with that because he, he had his, you know, anti-Semitic, whatever rant when he was drunk, the argument could be made. Well, if he said it when he was drunk, then it's how he actually feels, whatever. And we, we shunned him. He didn't mm-hmm. do shit for a few years. And then he pops up in this little movie and then he pops in that little movie. And then Jodie Foster puts him in a movie that gets him nominated for the fucking Oscar. And he's, he's earned his way back because he paid his penance. He hasn't done anything since that is controversial. Hmm. I know, um, I know what you're saying, but I it's find like the old tweet. Like, do you hold the guy who tweeted something really shitty 15 years ago? Is he the same guy? Right. Now? Well, and that's the problem. I can't have that question answered to my satisfaction. So it's unreasonable to expect for me to side with this guy on good nature. Just because you know what I'm saying, Mike? Yeah, I know what you're saying. And for me, I mean, was he out there actively campaigning for tolerance and understanding and things of that nature after he did what he did? Or was he just or was he just off the scene long enough that people forgot? You know, that's that that's what it comes down to for me. There's that. But there's also in this day and age. Where if you tweet something racist, homophobic, anti, you know, anti anything, you know, anti women's right, if you, any of that, mm-hmm. it's going to serve and you're a celebrity. That shit's going to circle the Internet in minutes. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a cell phone now. If you're in a restaurant and you're going off and to me. I got to look at and I got to look at Mel Gibson's situation as and and this is not me giving a pass this isn't me saying this isn't me saying all sins should be forgiven he said and did what he did but there's always a camera watching you now with the advent of smartphones there's always someone listening there's always this there's always that the fact that he hasn't done it since either means one of two things it was just an isolated incident <clears throat> or he learned from it, maybe had his viewpoint changed and doesn't feel the need to go public and say, I've learned a lot. I I have this new point of view. I have this new perspective because that's just going to put him back under the microscope and and why i used to be you know we all had things we used to do sure sure and did we did we feel the need to apologize for them and say hey 10 years ago i was this way and now i'm not anymore no well, we that's, just you know, changed. that's that's like comparing apples to oranges to me because i'm not a celebrity and i, I get i get what you're going for and i really i and i understand where you're where you're headed with that but if he's specifically seeking out, you know, penance for something that he did and wants us to be, forgive him, he should be actively 
um, using that it. power, using that power as a celebrity to acknowledge and and educate. Yeah, but again, but and that's the thing. he wasn't seeking penance. Someone he helped, who mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. back in the day, drugs, alcohol, oh, yeah. this woman, that woman. No yeah. one wanted to give him another chance. Mel Gibson right. got him another chance. And so there he is advocating for Mel Gibson. And am I saying I'm going to run out and see the next Mel Gibson movie? Fuck no. But if there's a movie that looks interesting, that has and Mel him Gibson in it. happens to be in it, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to shy away from it. Let's put it this way. If I really, if I was really to cancel every single person, okay, if I could think of a worse person that I used to or may even still currently idolize on some level, it's Howard Phillips Lovecraft, the godfather of modern horror. Every horror author following him to this day owes some homage to his work, whether consciously or unconsciously. And yet this man was the most bitter, hateful, spiteful, racist person you can imagine. He was a motherfucking piece of shit. And this guy somehow passed through the echelons of time and became beloved even by people who like people of color, there's a book about it, for fuck's sake. It's called uh, Lovecraft Country. HBO did a show on it. Yeah. And it's about the fact that, that even even then, people are still like, yeah, but, you know, that was a long time ago. People were different. And to that, I say, you know what? No, even by those standards, Lovecraft was abhorrent. But the reason why he was the way he was is probably because he was strongly autistic and was fearful of everything. That's what made him such an effective writer. He was isolated. He was essentially asexual for most of his life. He had no sexual interest whatsoever, Um, uh, even though that he was married for a time. Um, and and he lived in total isolation. He wrote constantly. If he wasn't writing stories, he was writing letters to other authors. Uh, he he got by on like pennies, and um, he was afraid of the ocean. He was afraid of the cold. He was afraid of the future. He was afraid of old people. He was afraid of foreign people. He was terrified of black people. He thought that they were mongrels from another world that were going to come and, and enslave him like uh, it was like a total projection type of a thing um, uh, so yeah not a great guy but he has had such an impact on the way the world does film cinema storytelling sci-fi horror all things that I love that I, to dismiss him is to dismiss an entire chunk of society you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like it's it's not so easy is what I'm saying. Right. It's not a, it's not a cut and dry this is how it is and this is how it is. There's no moral ambiguity. There is moral ambiguity. And that's what makes it such a sticky subject and that's why when we, but the problem is is that we're not having dialogues like this more often. 
as right. a culture. We're not sitting here and talking about it rationally without getting our emotions involved. We're just sitting there and going, well, fuck those people. And, f and you know what? If you support that, you're a piece of shit, too. You know what I mean? It's like, well, <laughs> you know, I've been doing a lot of humanizing lately where I just sit and listen to people and go, OK, all right. Why do you feel that way? Really? And when, when did that happen to you? You know what I mean? Like asking them questions. And what you find out is that most people are kind of scared. And not very well educated, and, <laughs> and 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 they just want answers like everybody else, and and they've educated themselves to some degree, and some of them have educated themselves well, and others have worked themselves into weird corners. And I think most people are that way, because yeah, our education then... system sucks. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Yeah, man, the, the, the stuff that I am constantly appalled by that is basic information that we were probably given in grade school, that as a high school uh, freshman, um, that Deanna, I'm sorry, sophomore, that Deanna doesn't know. Like some of the most basic shit just appalls me. Oh, you mean Deanna? Who is Deanna? She's your stepdaughter. Stepdaughter. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, she doesn't know. Like, she doesn't know. I forget what it was the other day. I just remember it coming up. And, like, I literally looked at her like like, like she was an alien. Because I'm like, I was like, how do you not know such a basic fact? I, I wish I could remember what it was. But it's like like basic geography. Yeah. Like, they, they, they don't know or... or like that's some random historical fact. Yes, it's a random fact, but it's like a big thing. Mm. They don't they, they they don't know it. And I'm just like the number of times on a weekly basis I say to either kid, what exactly are they teaching you in school? Is a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> like you're there for seven hours a day. How the fuck do you not know this? I feel How has like this never come up. I feel like as an adult, as you know, especially as a young adult in my twenties, I feel like I basically relearned the parts of my college or my high school education that were important through personal reading and experience. And you yep. know, it's like, all right, what things do I need to know about? I need to kind of understand some government shit, and I need to understand like how the math for my you know, accounting software works so that I can keep track of a budget and I understand a little bit about how the economy works so that I can make wise investments. And, you know, there's some other shit I should know. I should probably have a working knowledge of politics, but I didn't develop that well into my 40s. <laughs> um, <laughs> I nowhere in there did you say algebra. Uh, nowhere in there that I say algebra. Do you know why I don't need to know algebra? For the same reason I don't need to know calculus or any of that shit. It's because I'm not a fucking engineer. True. I'm not a goddamn engineer, so why would I need to know that? I'm a software guy. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not gonna... Alright, technically, if I really wanted to do some engineering functions and crystal reports, I could do them. It's possible. But I don't need to do that. That's something the engineers get paid to do to, so I don't have to fucking do that shit. So, I don't know. It, it, it's just... Uh, 
I don't know. I lost track where I was going. <laughs> Mike, I believe you said you didn't necessarily have a story per se, but you did have something that you wanted to talk about. Bring no, it to the table. What's going on? More of a, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same kind of a thing. I found this interesting. I do like to uh, read up on uh, science and history, and I just found this story uh, a couple days ago where they found in a 10,000-year-old temple, while well, the temple is considered to be the, the oldest known temple on the planet uh, in Turkey, they found a 10,000-year-old relief of a man standing with one hand on his stomach and another hand on his penis. <laughs> and I thought, you know... Repeat that? I'm sorry, repeat that? I, they found a relief, as in a carving, right. of, of a man standing with one hand on his stomach and the other hand holding his penis. Well, that's accurate. Yeah, I mean, just... It just proof positive. You think that uh, that that anybody in in this generation or before, uh, you know, really pushed dick humor to the next level. Uh, it's been going on forever. I've seen pictures of men from World War II holding um, bazookas up to their crotch and acting like it's their penis and, you know, things like that. And now to find that in the oldest known temple in the world, they found this crazy drawing or this crazy uh, carving of a guy standing there with his junk in his hand. And for some reason, a leopard, angry looking cats on either side of him. And then there was another one that they found in the same exact uh, temple where it was a guy with a boner with six <laughs> fingers on his left hand holding a snake in his right hand upside down. So you can imagine what he was doing with that snake. And uh, there's a bull standing in front of him. I don't know. My dad always used to say to me, you'd fuck a snake if you could hold it still long enough. I think this guy may have actually been doing that. <laughs> so it sounds to me like they discovered ancient Pornhub. I don't know, but it's it's amazing. It's funny to me that when when they find something like that, it's newsworthy enough to be to be made into an Associated Press story. <laughs> you know, like uh, where where have things gone that we're like, you know what? I think today's the day that I publish this through the uh, through the Associated Press that, uh, that we found this figure. Is you know. that a slow news day, or was that just a, no, this is so fucked up, we gotta run. I feel like it's it's an awesome news day when I find out that uh, <laughs> 10,000 years ago, some dude was in a cave in Turkey carving this out and going, oh, man, wait till the guys fucking see this. That's gonna blow their minds. Oh, well, you gotta wonder, was it a self-portrait, or like did somebody like, like stand there, or Put your hand on your penis. All right. It's going to take me about seven hours. I'm going to carve. <laughs> I got to know what the significance of the cats was. That's the thing that gets me. Metaphorical for, I mean. Like pussy? That is that? <laughs> That's what it was, dude. That was pussy. That's what it was. <laughs> like the, it has the to be. Snake, 
does the nomenclature for the vagina of pussy date back ten thousand years to that cave dwelling? That yeah, I don't. Like, I sure, don't know. Sure, why not? Why, why not? I think we. Sh- I think we should go with that. As <laughs> let's, we, if, we've let's, yeah, that's the fiction. Let's just go with it because but I like that the more. Snake come into play. That's the question. Yeah, on, like, on the other the one, mind I want to answer. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 snake with the bull, and the guy's got six fingers on one hand. I don't know, but uh, I mean, the six fingers on one hand, I think, is something that should be uh, documented anyway, because that is an oddity. Even back then, I'm sure that it was, but standing there with a boner and a snake in your other hand and a bull in front of you, I don't. I mean, there's there's so much there's so much imagery going on there that I, I got lost in it. Ancient bestiality. <laughs> yeah. He was he was fucking that asp. Wow. I don't know, man. All I know is that if you went back to like Paleolithic times and looked at the cave drawings, you know what I mean? Like even as far back then, or like you know some of the oldest tribes on the planet are from New Zealand and uh, uh, Australia, and look at their cave drawings, and you know, you've got like the, the buffalo or the kangaroo, you know, and depending where they're from, um, you know, and you've got like the spacemen, you know, occasionally, um, mm-hmm. and then you've got the, like the sun and the moon, and you've got like fire, and all these great, like important advantageous things and then you know sure enough you've got a circle jerk somewhere in there you just have to look (laughs) in the right part of the cave but you'll find it it's there and there's like probably some like crudely drawn stick woman with like boobs and I guarantee you no matter how crude it was if it had the right light hitting it is like that looks like a boob I'm jerking off right now Probably it's like the ancient version of watching something scrambled on Skinamax when you exactly, didn't have Exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I just hold my hand right here. Yeah. Uh, and in other news, they found a 193 million year old dinosaur nest that has eggs with intact embryos. Whoa. In Argentina. That is that now that's just fascinating. Yeah, that's some Jurassic Park shit, yeah. What are those? What are your scientists were so busy figuring out if they could they didn't stop to think if they should (laughs) i'm pretty excited by that one i've been waiting for them to clone a fucking dinosaur so uh no 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 you gotta say it like Jurassic Park, dinosaur (laughs) dinosaur (laughs) i just want them to clone a dodo so that i can try its meat I think we talked about this before, actually. Yeah, the last episode the was about before. time machine, though. Is time machine? Yeah. It was time travel, uh, food tourism, or something. And in like scarier that. news, also, I just read uh, recently that the Russian Ministry Defense uh, is planning on, or sorry, Ministry of Defense is planning on cloning some soldiers from remains that they found, which is which is also strange. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's like G.I. Joe shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you. Cobra Commander, or what was his name? Cobra... Cobra... Cobra uh, Khan? No, he was uh, <laughs> the Emperor. Oh, um, 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 Serpentor. Serpentor, yeah. Ah. This I command! Well, there you go. Apparently they were Russian the whole time. Go figure. 
Make sure you wrap it before you attack it. If you're in heat, package your meat. Mike's making little ditties out of that. That was not where that was supposed to go. <laughs> Don't you remember that song, the National Condom Week song or whatever I think it was called back in the 90s? National I sure do. Condom Week? Yeah, it was some, something to that effect. Yeah, it was uh, before you attack her, cover your, your whacker or something like that. If you're in heat, package your meat. It was like a whole bunch of different uh, slogans like that. familiar. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of slogans like that that fucking cracked me up back in the day because I was like, oh, they're talking about penises. And, uh, you know, uh, I would love to sit here and talk about that uh, even further, but uh, I just looked and we are out of time. So that's going to have to be a story for another time. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you like those cats gave that guy a reason to hold on to his penis in that old carving. I'm sure he had to, you know, keep the cat bait covered up so they didn't rip it off. Have a question for us? You want us to talk about something on the show? Would you, dear listener, like to ask us a question? Send us an email at storytimewithtomandmike at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to learn more about the show and get extras like links to the videos, sites, and other media, visit dembeans.biz. That's a dot biz because we mean business. Hell yeah.